0: Hello, and welcome back to It's a Very Exciting Time, a podcast by a UFO nerd and its tolerant friend. My name is Scott, and I've been fascinated by the phenomenon my whole life. And my name is Chuck. I'm an aerospace nerd and a tolerant friend. We started this podcast because since 2017, there have been shocking revelations from news of secret Pentagon programs to confirmed Navy videos of astonishing craft in a nutshell. Now that the government has admitted that UFOs are real... <clears throat> or at least that the videos were authentic. <laughs> it raises a natural question. If UFOs are real, what else? Suddenly, some of these other parts of the phenomenon that seemed unlikely are
1: pulled into the realm of the possible. Right? They may still be unlikely. But there's so many explanations for these stories. Even if the truth is more mundane than you're hoping, if any of it turns out to be true... It's a very exciting time.
0: All right, uh, welcome back to. It's a very exciting time. Uh, we've got kind of a, a weird episode today. We're recording at an unusual time. We have a shorter amount of time than usual to record. I have less material than usual. We're we're off our game in so many ways. We we're great. just recording the intro. Chuck read my lines and totally threw me for a loop. So we're we're coming at you a hot and yeah. unfiltered today. <laughs>
1: Mostly just to mess with you and, you know, really get Well, it get works, this... buddy. Okay. <laughs> yeah.
0: Uh, yeah, so I've got a, a teeny bit of news, and then we're going to dive okay. into our main course today, which I'm okay. very excited about. But before we get right. to it, uh, let's eat our vegetables. Uh, latest news on the UAP hearings. Uh, okay. We've got two uh, statements from Twitter. First of all, Representative Tim Burchett says there will probably be a series of hearings in the house hmm. because okay. he the speaker of the house and chairman comer they all agree with him that there's been a cover-up he wants to let the pilots testify directly in okay. front of the public and he predicts that it will be international news
1: uh, i believe so he the... actually said scandal <laughs> scandal okay this is a new name that i'm not familiar with how do we feel about yeah. this yeah
0: I mean, as usual, anytime one of the Republicans comes up and does good things for UAPs, I have mixed feelings. Okay. Tim Burchett is totally wackadoo, but okay. I'm hoping that somehow that doesn't extend to his feelings on UFOs. I don't know, man.
1: Okay, uh, cool.
0: I, I guess my kind of take on this is I think some of the Republicans are coming into the UAP field because they see evidence of a government and military scandal that kind of suits their political narratives. Got it. Yeah. But regardless of their motivation for getting into it, I think they are doing the work that I want done, which is digging at this truth that doesn't want to be exposed. Sure. Yeah. Um, And, you know, Bipartisan support on things is rare these days. If UFOs yeah. is the thing that gets it. All right. Anyway, yeah. Yeah. It's complicated. Yeah. I have complicated feelings about okay. our Republican UAP allies. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Cool. We'll carry on. Yeah. Uh, the other statement was from representative Luna's office. I had not actually heard of her, but uh, she says that the, uh, House Oversight Committee hearing will be entirely public, and both videos and photos will be represented along with pilot testimony. And both of them are giving a timeline of, like, soonish, like June. So okay. uh, it sounds like Ross was right. He predicted June 13th. I haven't heard an official date yet, but it sounds like we're barreling right along towards, uh, at the very least, House Oversight Committee hearings and possibly continued hearings in the house on the topic after that
1: i'm i'm particularly delighted by this representative because uh i just spent all weekend playing with an adorable calico cat named luna and now i have that mental picture like (laughs) little cat tower and like like shaking shaking this fuzzy little paw you're just biased because you like the name that's hilarious 100%. 100%. Well, there there, no are, there are
0: worse reasons to like a politician, I suppose.
1: <laughs> yeah,
0: yeah. <laughs> All right. So our main course today, I'm super yeah. excited about this. Um, I have, We have a, a uh, Google Doc that contains our show notes and upcoming topics. And there's been a bullet point in there for a long time under the list of kind of like notable people that we should probably talk about. Uh, one of them is Dr. Gary Nolan. Now, mm. we've brought Gary Nolan up on the show repeatedly before. Course. I've kind of briefly yeah. touched on he is a respectable scientist who has spoken out on the UAP topic. Um, but uh, we're talking about him today because he gave a talk. I say a talk. It was more like a lightning talk. Like It was like 15 mm. minutes, but... It was yeah. an interview with him at the SALT Eye Connections Conference, which is a high price ticket private equity event held in New Ugh. York on the 18th. Okay. I know. Super weird. I have no idea why this group of people invited Gary Nolan to talk about aliens, but they yeah. did, and he did, and it was awesome.
1: <laughs> yeah. Uh, who knows? Yeah,
0: yeah. yeah, I want to read this real fast here just to to really seal in your distaste. Uh, (laughs) SALT is a global thought leadership and networking forum encompassing finance, technology, and public policy. SALT iConnections New York is SALT's annual flagship Wall Street conference in New York City that convenes the world's leading investors entrepreneurs and policymakers this gets worse with every word that i read yeah, like, it God, does. I, I could not imagine a group of people i want less to be around uh salt new york right. 2023 will focus on themes including alternative investments fintech digital assets healthcare, infrastructure esg and more the event will bring together over 1,000 investors, entrepreneurs, policymakers, and industry leaders. And they didn't mention aliens, but yeah, right. Apparently, aliens is a topic for this. Is investment. such a weird
1: <laughs> like why? That, that, uh, yeah. I'm looking no, at I, the...
0: I have no idea. There's no context.
1: <laughs> I'm looking at the like program, and it's bizarre. There's like. Yeah. The thing about crypto, no surprise. But then there's mm-hmm. sure, sure. the future of Ukraine. Uh mm-hmm. um, yeah, they, how they to get lengthen the your life you and health talk. span. Um, uh-huh. like, this it's is wild, right? Super wild.
0: Yeah. Uh, So anyway, I have no idea why they asked Gary to speak there. I don't know what the financial connection would be to a secret UFO back engineering program in the government, but uh, apparently someone saw it and they had him up there. Uh, The talk was fascinating and UFO Twitter and Reddit have been exploding with all of the reactions you would expect um, from... This is a huge deal that a serious, respected scientist is putting his, uh, you know, neck out on the line like this, talking to a group of people who are not like UFO people, uh, to the people who are like, this is a nothing burger, he didn't say anything, we haven't heard a hundred times, to uh, this is complete wackadoo nonsense, (laughs) like, I respected Gary before, I guess I don't now, like, anything you can imagine has happened, but... uh, Everyone is talking about it. This has been a very big deal in the community. Um, so yeah, like I said, we've spoken about Gary a bit before. A little bit of background here. Um, he is, at, at, at the most basic level, he is a well-respected immunologist who works at Stanford. Um, one of the reasons that I and other people consider him credible on the UFO topic in particular, because, of course, anybody could be a brilliant scientist and also have some complete nonsense ideas about how the world works, right? Like just cause you're a well-respected scientist doesn't mean that you have any particular insight into this. Um, but uh, we've talked about Stephen Greer before a while back. Stephen Greer went all in on something he called the Atacama humanoid. And he had found this like mummified body right somewhere i I seem to remember it being tibet but i might be wrong about that but basically it looks like an alien it it's really weird it's short it's like maybe two feet um and uh gary nolan agreed to run some tests on it and investigate it um and (laughs) much to Stephen greer's frustration gary nolan came back and said yeah this is not alien it is a human with some really unfortunate uh genetic abnormalities. It was a stillbirth and it was married. Like I don't know what to tell you. This is not an alien. Very definitively. Yeah. All right. It Which, was in Chile. In South Chile. America. Yeah. So anyway, uh like I said, Gary Nolan dove into this topic, but uh he came out and debunked it. So that is a mark in his favor that this is not a guy who just goes out and parrots everything he heard. This is not a guy who is uh, yeah. overly credulous. He, and I've listened to a bunch of interviews with him. He really talks a lot about doing the science, actually pursuing yeah. leads, et cetera, et cetera.
1: Yeah, uh, this is who we need we to about, this, right?
0: Mm-hmm, absolutely. Yeah. Uh, we shared a pretty good quote from him an episode or two ago in reaction to Dr. Kirkpatrick talking about there being no testimony no no credible evidence and everybody kind of took that to mean what about the whistleblower testimony and he's dismissing it gary nolan fired back at some people who were talking about this saying listen witness testimony is evidence it's not sufficient evidence it you Mm -hmm. know but it is absolutely part of your data set and science is and has been done this way for centuries It is." nonsense to decide that whistleblower testimony is not part of the data set it is clearly right. part of the data set so he has always brought I feel a very um level-headed approach to doing the science on it and we'll we'll right. get to some quotes he has later which are great but yeah I there's a reason I really like Gary Noah so yeah right. uh, the Atacana humanoid Um, Some other things that uh, we've come to know him, the reason why he's on my radar at all. um, He was one of two scientists mentioned in Diana Pasalka's book, American Cosmic, which is a really interesting book and we should talk about it at some point. But long story short, she is a uh, religious scholar who normally studies like, uh, you know, christian catholic saints and miracles and things like that um and she got into the ufo topic and approached Hmm. it from the point of view of investigating the way that people talk about religious miracles
1: yeah you you don't
0: come in trying to define what it is you just come in to investigate what people think about it and you know almost from an anthropological approach yeah Um, right so she met two scientists in the book who were um well respected scientists who are doing cutting edge work. Mm-hmm. And they take the topic seriously and are investigating it, but maybe kind of secretly because there's still some stigma attached. So this is a while ago, she mm-hmm. wrote. Um, okay. Gary Nolan turns out to be one of the scientists and ah. he outed himself a while back. Um so It's really interesting now to go back and read the book. Like, oh, that's that's
1: Gary. That's that's, that's interesting.
0: Um, He was in the news for a couple of things recently. Uh, First of all, um, the details around this are a little vague, but he was brought on by some intelligence and aerospace officials to, the quote on Wikipedia is, to help them understand the harm that had come to some individuals related to supposed interactions with an anomalous craft. Um, The Mm. majority exhibited symptoms that were similar to what we now call Havana Syndrome. Now, that's a whole topic on its own, Havana Syndrome, whether it's real, whether it's not, whether it's connected to UFOs, whether it's not. But again, Gary is about the science. He was asked to investigate brain scans and blood work from this group of people and see if there was anything in common about them and he was able to uncover some traits in their brain that were different from the people who Hmm. were supposedly exposed now whether that is a result of their exposure or whether they were exposed because of something being different in their brain was unclear and he doesn't stake a claim on that but he attracted some attention for that research Um, he's also repeatedly been reported to be investigating metamaterials this is something we've barely touched on here, but there is a small collection of supposedly pieces of UFOs floating around in the community. Okay. You know, you would expect like, Oh, the military has everything, but like there are these parts, yeah. uh, that, yeah. um, some of them are connected to Art Bell's radio program. Some of them are connected to Jacques Vallée, the famous researcher, um, the uh, To the Stars Academy people were supposed to have some. Some of them came mm-hmm. from a UFO that was sighted, I think, in Brazil, where they saw like bit metal parts falling off the UFO and they were able to gather them up. So anyway, th- there is this weird collection of like fragments, pieces, parts, sure. it, it, it kind of commonly just lumped under the category of metamaterials. And the rumor is that Gary Nolan is investigating it. You'll note, Gary Nolan is not a metallurgist. (laughs) He is not an engineer. He's an immunologist. Why is he the guy doing it? Basically because he's one of the few scientists who's kind of publicly willing to investigate things. Notably, he has not actually investigated any of these things. He has said he is holding on to the materials. He, in an interview recently, mentioned that jacques valet is annoyed at him because he keeps not investigating the materials that Jacques gave to him but he's like look i'm doing all of these investigations in my spare time right like i have a day job where we're doing immunology work like i i don't mind doing this like the atacama humanoid he did that in his spare time but that takes money like access to lab equipment doing the write-up of the paper afterwards. All of that takes time and money. And basically, yeah, totally. he yeah. hasn't found the time or the money to do the materials investigation. So, interesting, you know, different people react to that in different ways. But I, I think it's interesting that he has been kind of attached to this idea of investigating metamaterials for a while. So, yeah. all of that said, what I want to dive into now is the actual um, kind of interview they did. I'm actually gonna quote big parts of it here. The whole thing was only fifteen okay. minutes. I think the first like five minutes are the most interesting parts. Um, so I'll give you opportunities okay. to kind of chime in. But uh so the first thing Sounds that happens, good. this guy walks out on stage, um, and he says, Dr. Nolan, can you introduce
1: yourself? Yeah. Um, by the way, and... I just want you to know that. My internet's being a little bit fudgy, so uh, if I freeze, just keep on going.
0: Can do. Uh, so Gary says, sure. Uh, I am a professor in the Department of Pathology at Stanford. The primary research work in my lab is cancer, immunology, and virology. We do a lot of work with threats. so we worked with Ebola, Zika, COVID when it was a big problem. Well, Primarily, I work in my lab to develop instrumentation and algorithms to understand the complexity of the immune system in cancer. Hmm. The process of doing that, we have created any number of technologies which we have spun out into companies. There's now nine companies. Two of them are listed on the NASDAQ. And these immunology instruments are used pretty much around the world. Um, so that's how he introduced himself. And I think that's really interesting because one of the things diana talks about in her book and one of the things gary has talked about a bit is one of the perhaps unusual things about gary is that he tends to approach a problem from what piece of equipment would let me answer the question i have in front of it yeah and then he works backwards to design that piece of equipment and that's why Hmm. so many of these things that he's created are yeah. out in the world because he is solving actual problems that he's encountering in his immunology yeah, lab, and they've turned into equipment that he sells yeah um so hmm. all that is That's to cool. say gary nolan has kind of a problem solving mindset he tends to yeah. start from what are we trying to determine and what is the best way to investigate hmm. so the guy asks him can you introduce yourself Then, the next question, because as far as this guy is concerned, he has 10 minutes to get Gary Nolan to explain aliens to an audience Mm -hmm. of, like, Wall Street nerds. Yeah, right. He just just opens up. He says, Dr. Nolan, do you believe that extraterrestrial intelligence has visited planet Earth? That's question one. Yeah, all right. (laughs) And Gary says, I think you can go a step further. It hasn't just visited... It's been here a long time, and it's still here. You know, people talk about the wow signal, looking for extraterrestrial intelligence. The wow signal is that people see it on an almost regular basis. That's the communication that's already here. Hmm. Now, this is where the community is kind of divided. On the one hand, this is nothing new, right? Like, the idea that an alien intelligence has been interacting with humans for at least since the 40s and perhaps, you know, for centuries, is not a new idea. This is one of the things Jacques Vallée has talked about. Um, but it is arguably one of the first times that a well-respected scientist has sat down in front of a group of money people who are not UFO people and just flat out says, yeah, they're here and they've been here a long time. That's not something this audience has heard before. And you can hear it in the video. Like the audience is kind of like, whoa. <laughs> yeah. So the interviewer turns to him okay. and says, what probability would you assign to that statement that extraterrestrial mm. intelligence has visited? That's very quanty. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 100%. Okay. And that's not just my opinion. I mean, look, the NDAA passed last year, signed by Biden in December. 30 pages of that is the establishment of an unidentified aerial phenomenon office. The establishment of looking into the harm that's happened to an even number of ind- individuals. Going back to 1945 and looking at the disinformation and misinformation that's been articulated over the decades, 12 US senators have signed on to a document that basically says, we want the information. The establishment of an office, ARROW in the Department of Defense that has 25 people working in it right now. And what's their goal? Collecting the information across all of the Department of Defense and intelligence offices, collation of that into a uniform format for the very first time, and provision of that then to Congress. The creation of a whistleblowers program that specifically allows people from within who, I'm gonna say this, who've been working on the reverse engineering programs, reverse engineering of objects, so that they can come in and break their oaths. But it's specifically just to talk to Congress and give that information in classified settings. The most recent one that happened was just last weekend, and it created quite a hornet's nest in Washington.
1: Hmm. What? what, (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) So what hornet's nest? Like, do, do we know? Okay. We don't know, but Gary
0: has repeatedly said he is connected with a bunch of the whistleblowers and the people in Congress. Later on, he mentions he was involved in drafting the NDAA language like he's connected and he's just casually dropping the bomb. Like, yeah, one of these people testified and it created a hornet's nest. (laughs) Remember last time we talked, I said a lot of smoke for there to be no fire. Yeah, right. This is just smoke, but it's more smoke. Like, yeah, it's a lot yeah. of
1: smoke. So that okay. that last statement.
0: Uh, so obviously, you know, what he's doing here is, again, just kind of establishing credentials. Hmm. This isn't just my opinion. The government is looking into this. And if you haven't been paying attention to this, as Wall Street Which types may not have been. Most himself, haven't. Yeah, right. Everything he just said might be a little overwhelming. Like, holy shit, all of those things have happened? Now, we've talked about yeah. all of these things over the last six that's months true. to a year, often as they were happening. So we're, we're kind of the frogs in the boiling pot. We've gotten used to it. But yeah, when you it's hear someone to say that. it yeah. all together like that, Jesus, there's a lot yeah. going on. Like, the government is taking yeah. this seriously. Yeah, um, that's true. And then, yeah, the the hornet's nest line is the one that's getting quoted all across Reddit of course, and Twitter. Yeah. Like, does anybody know? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Who was it? <laughs> Uh, Interesting. So the interviewer continues. He says, what do you believe to be the most compelling evidence to support that statement? And Gary says, well, I think the most compelling evidence is you just need to look at what your government is doing right now about it. I mean, just go and look at the number of politicians. And this is interesting. On both sides of the aisle who have come together and signed off on this statement, I was involved last year with pulling together some of the wording of the NDAA, which was passed into law. What are they basing their opinions on? They're basing their opinions on the dozens of individuals who in one manner or another have come forward and talked to them in classified settings. So that's the first thing. Then my personal experiences with the individuals who are, well, the one person who actually was involved in collecting a lot of that information. And then my experience with people who, frankly, I know have worked or are working in the reverse engineering programs. Hmm. Hmm. Now, there is a lot in there, but, yeah. uh, you know, <laughs> he okay. casually mentions that he was involved in helping to draft the NDAA language. He mentions explicitly what we've been kind of assuming the whole time, that
1: right. they didn't
0: write that language into the NDAA out of nowhere.
1: Yeah, It right. was
0: from people talking to them before there was official yeah. whistleblower language. There were already people who I think we can safely assume are people like Lou Elizondo, Chris Mellon, and some of the pilots from the Nimitz incident who were coming forward and testifying to Congress that, yeah, shit's going on. And they start writing some very deliberately worded legal language saying, we need you to investigate the following things, knowing that Gary Nolan was involved. That line in the NBAA about, you have to tell us about anyone who has been medically affected. There you go. Yeah. These objects. Yeah. Yeah.
1: Right. So Carrie is so skillful at like aiming this at his audience because it's very clear to me what the financial implications are of this. And now it absolutely makes Mm -hmm. sense to be at this conference. Like the uh, metamaterial research. Heck yeah. They want to know about that.
0: Yeah. Now, he casually dropped a little bit of a bomb there in the last line. He said, people I know who are working on the reverse engineering programs. Now, that is a topic we've talked about before, but it's even within the world of kind of accepting that there are UFOs, the kind of, I think, palatable position that you hear the politicians taking is there are objects in our airspace that we don't control and we don't know who they are. Reverse engineering is one of these things we're hearing kind of around the fringes of the topic. Of course, I think it's likely, I think it's real, but it is is a a bridge too far for a lot of people because you suddenly have to go to the whole idea of cover-ups, secret government programs, all that stuff. And I understand why that's uncomfortable for a lot of people. And the interviewer <laughs> responds, as you'd expect. He goes, uh, let's take one step back. Reverse engineering programs? Yeah. And Gary says, of downed craft. <laughs> he doesn't back down. He yeah. doesn't soft pedal it. He doubles yeah. down. Reverse engineering programs of downed craft. And he then goes on to answer what I think is a Great, well, he doesn't answer it, but he, he yeah. addresses one of the big complaints that people have. He says, now the first question that people will ask is, well, if they're so freaking advanced, why are they crashing? Hmm. And he says, sure. because what's crashing is not actual living beings. I mean, if you, I use this example a lot. If you want to study a tribe of cannibals in the middle of the Amazon, are you going to go yourself? show up in the middle of the tribe and not hopefully become dinner on the other side of it. So if you're in advanced intelligence, you're not going to put your life and limb at risk by coming here. So mostly what you're seeing here are either drones or some sort of advanced AI or whatever it is. Hmm. I can see that. Interesting. Now, yeah. we're definitely into the realm of speculation
1: here. It's super uh, speculation, yeah. yeah.
0: But it's it's an interesting answer to it. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the interviewer says, now, and I, I'm actually a little disappointed because the interviewer gives him an opportunity here to talk about evaluating metamaterials, and Gary does not take the bait, which yeah. I think speaks to what you were saying about staying laser-focused on what this audience needs. Yeah, to. right. Um, So the interviewer says, now, a downed craft is made of some material, and presumably we could test that material? I know you've done a little bit of work firsthand. You've seen some material. Do you want to talk about that a little bit? Now, Gary gives a very long answer here, but the answer is fascinating. He says, well, what is it that you hope to discover out of a material? So let's just go back. I mean, just briefly, why would you want to do it in the first place? So basically, a grain of silicon back in the 50s or 60s changed our entire culture and world, right? I mean, so something as small as that, the discovery of what you could accomplish with a little piece of germanium doped with the right elements completely changed our understanding. Now, we have multiple simultaneous sensor systems that have seen these objects go from 50 feet above the water up to 14 miles and then back in less than a second, all right? I mean, that's just a truth. The U.S. government has confirmed that these kinds of measurements are done. Now, they're very careful what they say. They'll say, well, we have no evidence of ET. But if you read between the lines, the flip side of it is it does stuff that we can't do. We know the Russians and Chinese are not doing. And so if you can go from zero to 5,000 miles an hour, and then take a right turn and not end up squished like a bug on the windscreen, then what is the physics that accomplishes that? So what that tells you is we need to rethink our physics. I know some of the physicists on the inside who work at some of these big defense corporations who basically say, well, here's how you could tweak even general relativity to accomplish that. But then you say, well, huh. how much energy is needed to do it? And they say, well, more than the whole nuclear output of the planet per day. Okay, so you start to backtrack. And you say, well, okay, who could do that? <laughs> well, we can't. Well, will we be able to do it in a thousand years? Yeah. But if we had a piece of any of this, let's say it's a, a thousand revolutions ahead of us or a million revolutions ahead of us, even a tiny bit of knowledge from that, could revolutionize what we're doing. And I'm going to stop mm-hmm. quoting him here. He goes on to talk about what we already talked about how he's focused on problem solving. So he said, "Look, my concern when I look into this topic is not are they going to invade us, you know, what are they here for? I'm I'm thinking what can we do with this? What what yeah. can we learn from this? How can we advance?" So he's very focused on what can we accomplish by investigating this? And I think that's really interesting yeah. because everybody else that we talk to is not in practical applied science like Gary. So they, of course, are much more focused on intentions and culture and who are they and where are they coming from? And why sure. are they here? And Gary's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you don't understand. Like, this is like having a fusion reactor dropped in our laps. Like, if we're careful, like this could completely upend our entire culture. This could yeah. deliver major advances for us
1: but also that that tiny bit of germanium doped uh or whatever he said like if we had that um you know previously we would have no idea what it meant or why it existed or what the value was we wouldn't have you know the decades of research to make it viable like it Mm -hmm. wouldn't i don't know that it would have helped Well, and now you're
0: back into Eric W. Davis' territory with the Admiral Wilson notes, right? That is, in fact, what we hear from people who claim to know about the program is they're constantly at a dead end. Like, they they open it up, they bring scientists in, they investigate it for five or ten years, and they they can accomplish nothing. So they mothball the whole thing for a decade or two in the hopes that material science will advance enough
1: that we can make some progress. That 100% makes sense to me.
0: So at this point, the interviewer goes, okay, so what do you think it is? And Gary says, right, well, so to do that, I'll start with a kind of mantra I've had for the last while. So, you know, individual experiences of what people see, that's an anecdote. But an anecdote doesn't convince a scientist. What is it that convinces a scientist? Data. What doesn't convince a scientist? A conclusion. So really, the objective here, and what has allowed me to actually talk to some of my scientist colleagues who first said, Gary, you're going to ruin your career. I basically say, look, if you and I can agree that the data is real, irregardless of what the potential conclusions might be, then the onus is no longer on me to come up with an answer. Now it's also on you, because we're having a discussion about this. So it's believe the data, not the conclusion." Yeah, I love that. I yeah, love that, is, that line. That is really good. I, I actually sent you a link to an interview with Gary Nolan a couple yeah. of months ago that basically all boiled down to that anecdote. Yeah. like This idea of, listen, I'm trying to destigmatize this and he's working with a bunch of groups to do this. And there, there's a whole bunch of stuff around this that we don't have time to get into. But basically he's saying, listen, anybody who says it's not scientific to investigate this stuff really pisses me off because they're disqualifying themselves as scientists. Science is the investigation. Science is a process. It is not a conclusion. If you are jumping to a conclusion about what it is and saying that that conclusion is invalid and therefore you're not going to do the work, you're you're missing the process. That isn't science. So I love that he has clearly put a lot of thought into how do you talk to scientists about this? How do you get scientists right. involved in this topic that has been so deeply and harmfully stigmatized? And mm-hmm. I, I like, I get so excited when I hear him say <laughs> this kind of stuff. It makes me so happy. Uh, the interviewer was a little less thrilled. <laughs> he goes, sure, but what do you, Gary, Dr. Nolan, you have to speculate. What do you think it is? <laughs> because he dodged the question. <laughs> and Gary said, all right, well, you know what? Let's be bold. I think it's an advanced form of intelligence, something that we don't understand that is using some kind of intermediaries. Like I said about how you're not going to end up in the middle of the tribe, you know, the, the angry monkeys that are flinging muck at each other, or in this case, nuclear bombs you're not going to show yourself in the middle of that. You're going to send intermediaries, you know? And then he gets derailed again, but that, that's about all the quotes I want to share. There's more to yeah. the interview. It's probably worth listening to. I'll be honest. I just quoted a little less than yeah. half of it at you. Uh, but the guy has such a great, calm, assured presence. He's not prone yeah. to flights of fancy. He, he really resists speculating. It's only when the guy basically puts a gun to his head and says, yeah. you have to speculate. He's like, all right, fine. Here's right, my fine guess. This. But he starts from a foundation of this is real. There's evidence that it's real. You should take it seriously because the government is investigating it. I yeah. take it seriously because of the potential it has to change the world. And scientists should take it seriously because there is data here to investigate irregardless of what it might mean. Right. All of that combined is such a a great little package, a great way to present it to an audience who may not be familiar with it. Now I'm still a little confused what these Wall Street types get out of this. And like you said, I think Gary did a great job of tailoring the presentation. Is the hope that they will invest in Gary? No. <laughs> it,
1: I, no, like, no. I, I don't know what this is supposed to be. So I think the the financial folks would be frothing at the mouth at the uh, at the well, there's two things. One is the potential contracts and government contracts to deal with some of this stuff. So knowing sure. that Congress is starting to pay attention to a given area is hugely important skate to where the puck is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and the, the second one is that the, uh, these are venture capitalists and so they deal in long shots all the time, if they can get behind, if they can throw some money at metamaterials, and, uh, and acquire some, cause Lord knows they have the money, mm. uh, then maybe they can start that movement. Um, So I I think that's why it's more of a positioning thing,
0: like being aware that this is going to be more of a topic. What are the companies that might be good to invest in as a result of that?
1: Yeah, that that would be my my theory. Um, (laughs) So it wouldn't surprise me. Like he didn't give any uh, investable topics just from there. But if he had said, I think Lockheed Martin has one, stock would have gone through the roof. Um, (laughs) Yeah, totally. So, and I think he's probably smart enough to not say that kind of thing um, because he just wants the data, right? Um, Right. But yeah, so Gary
0: is an interesting guy. Uh, Gary is one of the ones who I quoted at you who said he is expecting big revelations in the coming months. Yeah. You know, and I I said this a lot last time. I'll say it again. There's a lot of smoke out here. (laughs) maybe there's no fire i can't tell you okay. there's a fire but there is a lot of smoke and i've been watching this community and this part of the world for years and yeah. it's really common to have someone show up and say there will be a revelation on such and such date and then that date passes yeah, and fierce. nothing happened and they go oh well you know the gold post moved it's Lucy and the football stuff all the time in this community. But it is going turbocharged in the last few months and in in the last few weeks, even like it is crazy how many people are coming out of the woodwork. And they're all saying some variation of the same thing. I am speaking to someone on the inside, whether that someone is in Congress, intelligence community, DOD, president's cabinet, whatever. And I am hearing, big news is coming. I don't know what it is, but something big is coming. the right. The most recent rumor, and I I'm not like bringing this up as news. Okay. I'm bringing it up as a rumor. We were talking on Reddit this morning. Uh, someone said that what they're hearing is that the UAP discussion has moved into the White House. So after yeah. the UAP shootdowns, in around the super bowl uh biden announced he was starting his own uap task force and congress was a little peeved at that they were like why are you starting your own we have our own over here let us do it um yeah but the point someone made at the time is um something with congressional approval something with military jurisdiction can only go so far the executive branch kind of trumps everything Somebody who yeah. works in the executive branch can get access to all of the things because they all report to the president.
1: Right. So yeah.
0: that was kind of viewed as maybe this is a positive thing. And we have heard nothing else since, but all of a sudden people are like, they're talking about disclosure. They're talking about how to bring this to the public. Right. This is all completely unsourced and unsubstantiated. I have nothing to go on here, but the, the level and the scope of the rumors we are hearing are going bonkers, man. I don't know what's gonna happen. I don't know if anything's gonna happen, but let me tell you, man, I I often think about how perfect our podcast name is because <laughs> at the end of the day, good Lord, it is such an exciting time. And, and someone was talking about that on YouTube the other day, like, you know, eventually it's going to happen something is going to break the news is going to come out and somebody's going to say like ah disclosure finally happened like no man disclosure has been happening you slept through it yeah. i was there it was yeah. incredible it was wild stuff was happening
1: every week it's we not going to be a big paying event. attention <laughs> right yeah yeah, or yeah more
0: to the point it's not going to be exactly an event that'll be a yeah. culmination of years of pushing and effort and changes and tweaks yeah. and I don't know, man. Yeah.
1: <laughs> I'm, I'm really excited. Okay. <laughs> so not to dampen, I want to, I want to reflect mm-hmm. on mm-hmm. something and uh, I want to force you to speculate. Um, oh boy. If, <laughs> if it was all smoke, um, like there, mm-hmm. one of the sources of smoke is fire, but one of the sources is uh, like smoke screen. If it is a smoke screen, mm-hmm. What is it covering, or what is it? What work is it doing? I realize that also that is comes from fire.
0: Such a good question, Chuck. I so there are so many people speculating about this, and yeah, one of, of the the common accusations is uh, there's no aliens. This is all just like some sort of military plan to like accumulate sure. power. or Like th- there's been rumors for decades. I say rumors conspiracy theories for decades that sure. there would be some sort of major false flag operation to, like, trigger a war. And what could be the bigger false flag operation than a fake alien invasion? You know, like...
1: yeah, <laughs> yeah.
0: So, the the thing that I get hung up on, though, is at the end of the day, I don't know what it's for, right? If you're covering up a secret, I get what it's for. You're trying to keep information sure. from getting out that is advantageous to you. If the U.S. Yeah. is in possession of a crashed flying saucer, I understand why they don't want to tell the world, hey, we have a crashed flying saucer. It is right. a military advantage. If we can crack it before the Russians do, you know, yeah. game over. If it's not that, the most obvious answer is some sort of black program. Right uh, hmm. for example, the, the stealth bomber, the, all, the angular hmm. one, uh, the nighthawk, um, yeah. that thing premiered in the Iraq war, but it had been in development for decades before that, yeah. based on what we knew about our opponents' radar capacities. Well, mm-hmm. we know that their radars work like this. We can use certain materials and you know certain yep. angles to counteract that radar and make an essentially an invisible jet that gives us an advantage. They didn't use it until they had to. Are we looking at a similar thing? We haven't had a similar war. We haven't had a place where we needed that kind of combat advantage. Are they waiting for, you know, conflict with Russia and China to turn hot and then premiere the, you know, giant flying black triangle that they perfected in the nineties? I don't know. Maybe. So that's, that's a possibility, but, the thing you always hear people say is, oh, it's all spec up. It's all just like disinformation and fucking with the public. And I don't understand what that would be for if it's not to cover something up. So for me, if it's not crashed craft or non-human intelligence or something like that, it feels like it has to be a military industrial complex thing. You know, secret program kind of thing. But...
1: Yeah. yeah, I don't
0: know, man. It is it is really hard for me to think of something that kind of ticks all the boxes in the same.
1: Yeah, yeah. And, it, you know, it could be that, uh, yeah, that's it, interesting. And we may see, like, military industrialists, like, take advantage of it because of financial uh, meetups like this, where they learn about crazy things coming forward. That's interesting. But I, I do like what you said about disclosure, that it's not going to be a press release. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a thing that happens over years. And I love the idea that we're in it right now. That's very cool.
0: Right. It's going to be happening over the years. And more importantly, you're probably not going to realize it, except retroactively. You'll look yeah. back at it and go, oh, yep. disclosure oh, shit, started. Yeah. yeah, exactly. All right, dude. Uh, yep. It has been a blast talking to you. I, I actually have Likewise. to be going to a work meeting right now. Uh, my let's make is over because we're recording at an odd time. But as always, Chuck, Thank you so much for listening to me talk about UFOs so my wife doesn't have to.